You know, if you've watched this channel for any length of time, uh, hopefully you've come to realize uh, and, and see that I am not given over uh, to being sensational about things. As a matter of fact, I make a very strong effort uh, in the way we approach things, which we approach from a discipleship perspective, to, uh, to make it a point not to be sensational about things, to just sort of go through the the text when we go through verse by verse studies in the scripture to talk about uh, events in the world around us in relation to biblical prophecy uh, just letting the facts speak for themselves giving a sense of what uh, what it seems to me that the scriptures are saying about these things and how they relate um, I always try to do so in a, in a way that is not you know sky is falling or or any of that kind of stuff that's just um, not only is that not really my personality, but I think that that can actually do a lot of damage to truly understanding ideas and being uh, sort of open-minded to the broad sense of what Scripture might say on something. I think if we get really in a direction and just start getting so, uh, again, just crazy into it kind of a thing, sometimes it blinds us to, you know, other elements that might be weighing in on that subject. And so I try to be, you know, really balanced about it. I try to, I mean, I have my views on things, no doubt. Um, but that being said, when I, when I teach through the word, I try to be consistent, non-sensational, um, all that kind of thing. So, um, so I, I kind of give that as a, uh, as kind of a, um, a caveat here before I dive into the topic today. UFOs. Um, lot of interest in UFOs for many, many decades, but there's been a very strong resurgence in very recent times, uh, in particular, as of like just within days and just a couple of weeks ago, uh, when the CIA uh, released uh, a whole bunch of information on the subject from their uh, kind of their black vault uh, sort of thing. And uh, if, if you're familiar with the term black vault, you probably know about John Greenwald and the work he's done for decades trying to get all kinds of information released from the CIA regarding unidentified flying objects and that. Um, or aerial phenomenon as, as, as various, you know, angles name these things. And so um, when it comes to the subject of UFOs, it is a fantastically interesting idea. Um, so much in sci-fi genre of literature and movies and things like this devote to this uh, are devoted to this topic um, and that kind of a thing. Uh, as a matter of fact, it is uh, uh, in in some circles it is a religion, very much so. Uh, and I don't say that lightly. I mean it because it is often viewed as being sort of an explanation for how life on Earth happened and that kind of thing. You know, it's aliens seeded the earth and they're watching over us and trying to help us evolve and all these kinds of things. Um, this is not an uncommon view in, in some circles. And so, um, now by the way, uh, when it comes to the question of the origin of life, to say that it was seeded by, that we were seeded here by aliens um, may seem plausible to people, you know, who, who believe that kind of thing, but it doesn't really answer the question as to the, the origin of life. Uh, because all it really does is sort of push the question back further. Well, where did the aliens come from? Oh, well, they were seeded by a previous race of aliens. Okay, but we can keep doing that forever, but the universe has not been here forever. We know that because it's winding down. Therefore, it had to have had a starting point. Uh, singularity, as it's often called, and that kind of a thing. And so um, when we talk about the subject of UFOs as being an answer to the question of the origin of life, that's a small 
there is a small sliver of, of trying to deal with that because we have to recognize that it would only speak to the idea of how life on Earth started. It doesn't really answer the ultimate question of where life came from, but that's kind of an aside. Um, but the subject of aliens, again, is a big one. And just in the interest of, of transparency, uh, let me ruffle a few feathers right off the bat. Um, I don't believe in UFOs. I don't think that there are, in fact, civilizations that are advanced in other parts of the universe that are reaching out to us. I don't believe there are physically um, beings in other parts of the universe. And I have various reasons for that. Um, frankly, I could appeal to atheist Carl Sagan on this, uh, who, when sort of uh, speaking about this question of life on Earth and how the, the impossibility of life even just beginning on Earth, sort of spoke to the question of, how astronomically unlikely it is that there's life outside uh, of the Earth. And so, um, matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, a fascinating movie, I thought, based on Carl Sagan's book uh, called Contact asks this question, you know. Uh, I think a young, uh, I forget her name in the movie, but um, her, uh, Jodie Foster's character asks her dad, you know, is there life out there kind of thing? And yeah, I think his nickname for her was Sparks or something like that. But he says, well, Sparks, you know, if not, seems like an awfully big waste of space, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, inherent in that sense of what should or should not be is kind of a moral question, which again is a little bit of another subject. But um, I don't think there are. I think the UFO phenomenon has roots in some truth and reality. However, uh, I, I tend to agree uh, much more with the idea that I believe Jacques Vallée uh, had spoken about. Jacques Vallée is not a household name, but if you ever saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the uh, French scientist uh, was patterned after uh, the actual scientist Jacques Vallée, who made the comment that because of, uh, because of the vast, massive distances between stars and possible uh, places that could be potentially uh, capable of, uh, of sustaining life, because the distances are so gigantic, that uh, the odds of, or the, the ability even, uh, in any kind of a viable amount of time for one alien race to come and, and visit another would be so, uh, it would take many generations, uh, unless the technology was so wildly advanced that it, it confounds our current understanding of physics uh, and all these kinds of things. Chances are, really, from his perspective, uh, and I think, uh, again, there's some, I think this is actually kind of insightful from a guy that I don't think was a believer in any way. Uh, I might be wrong, I don't think he was. But his view was that aliens are not so much beings from another physical place as much as they are interdimensional. In other words, they are poking into our dimension from another one. Now, I think there might be some insight to that because my view of UFOs, again, this is in the interest of transparency, and uh, I don't know how many UFO-minded people really watch this channel anyway, but if any of you do, I'm probably going to step on your toes here. I don't think, if I haven't already, but uh, I don't think that there are physical UFOs, but I think that the entire UFO phenomenon is a demonic thing. I think that it's a, it's a, a very direct attempt to, uh, to invade uh, the thinking of so many on Earth with this concept that there are beings on other worlds who are interacting with us in some ways and studying us and maybe even seeded our planet uh, and gave us life and everything. These theories are attractive to some, and they cause people to turn their eyes rather from the truth into this idea. Uh, the truth, of course, being that God created man and woman. God created life on this earth. God created this universe. He holds it together by the, the word of his power and such. And so um, 
when we talk about UFOs, we're talking about an alternative explanation for life, oftentimes in connection with uh, various ideas regarding evolution and that kind of a thing, which from a purely factual possible chance, the idea, uh, perspective, I should say, that the whole universe came into being purely by chance, totally random, no directed order of anything, purely by chance, uh, is so patently impossible as to be laughable, but it is the prevailing theory among secular thinking. And so um, that all said, and like usual, I'm trying not to get off in particular directions. I want to just kind of stay on track here. Why, why bring up UFOs and this kind of a thing? Well, another, um, uh, another theory, connected idea with that of UFOs is the possibility that UFOs may play some part in explaining what happens to many, many, many people, hopefully a billion people or more, suddenly disappearing from the face of the earth, namely the rapture. Uh, it's a topic we talk about a lot here. We've never talked about UFO connection before here, but I'm going to do that today. Um, and this, by the way, is not innovative. I'm not coming up with an idea that's not been thought of. This is an idea that has, has kind of been out there and, and, and considered for a long time. Um, my first hearing of it, I think, was uh, maybe Dave Hunt many years ago talking about um, some of these things. And uh, it's a sensible conjecture. It's a sensible possibility. The idea that when the rapture comes, when it happens, and let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, or chapter 4, I'm sorry. I was just open to 2 Thessalonians a minute ago. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, um, and, and also 1 Corinthians 15 we'll look at in just a moment as well. Um, in verse 15 of chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, for we, this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we'll always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I'd like to make sure I include that last statement of Paul because it's supposed to be an encouragement to us. But the mechanics of what's going on there, different and distinct from the second coming where Jesus returns to the earth, the rapture is one where believers are caught up, taken out of this world. The word harpazo there, the word harpazo gamathea that uh, appears there in the Greek uh, is this idea of violence snatching away. Of course, that word then is translated into the Latin Vulgate as rapturo, and this is where we get our English word rapture from. But the idea there is that of a, of a violent ripping away, this pulling away, like this tearing off of a, uh, of a bandage kind of thing and taking it off just quickly and, and abruptly and all this kind of thing. Um, well, that's what the rapture is. Now, again, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul also speaks to this idea uh, there as well. 1 Corinthians 15 uh, in starting in verse 50. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, this mortal body must put on immortality, and he goes on to explain. But the idea that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed immediately. 
Um, and so speaking of at the last trumpet and all this, and so there seems to be a connection, I think a clear connection between 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 in regard to explaining this event of the rapture. Well, um, as we seek to understand it from a biblical perspective, when the time comes that it happens, and this, this is not intended to even talk to the subject of pre-trib or mid-trib or pre-wrath or any of the different places where the view of when the rapture takes place happens, this is just speaking to the fact that when it happens, we try and understand all we can about it. When will it happen? What events need to precipitate it, if any? You know, what will it be like when it happens? What is it for? Why is there such a thing as a rapture? We talk about these things as believers. But the world is going to have to find some way to explain it when it happens. They're going to have to find some way to describe uh, or to explain why it is that all of a sudden, again, hopefully a billion people. I mean, I'd love to think that there's an enormous number of people who are genuine believers at that time. Um, but whatever the number is, however many there are, it's going to be a significant impact on the world around us. Uh, and the world is going to have to find, and will no doubt be uh, clamoring to find, some explanation as to why it is this event, has, or you know, explaining what happened. Well, the UFO phenomenon is a pretty reasonable explanation for something like that. And I think the enemy has been sort of putting this idea out there, has been sort of building some following behind it and all that, so that when it happens, the government can say, well, we've been studying this for years, you know, this seems like the most viable explanation for it. Because after all, non-biblically minded people, people that are unbelievers and have no real either knowledge of this of this event, the rapture, or just have heard of it, but just refuse to believe that there is such a thing as a God who would do this. They'll have to explain it somehow. And this is a reasonable, possible way that they would do that. Again, I don't know that for sure. But when we look at what's going on in the world around us and how the things in Scripture might come to pass, we consider reasonable explanations, and this is one of them. Uh, the UFO phenomenon is a global phenomenon. It's not unique to any one particular part of the world. Uh, there have been purported UFO sightings all around the world. There have been uh, you know, reports of abductions all around the world. And it's interesting when people are abducted and they, and, or, or they have contact with aliens, there is so often this... Uh, this sort of religious message that they bring. Not every time, but frequently enough to know that it's a consistent factor in a lot of these stories is that there's always discussion about how, you know, uh, you know nobody should believe that there's one way kind of a thing to, to enlightenment or to heaven and all this kind of thing. But really, you're all on a path from different places going to the, you know, reaching forward into this place that we're trying to lead you to and all this kind of thing. Um, there, there's so often these messages that come through in these communications, purported communications, and that. And it's, it's interesting to me that in, in a field where there is really not often uh, a connection with a divine being as much as there are, I mean, the closest thing to that would be where aliens are sometimes referred to as Elohim, you know, in, in some of these circles. Elohim, of course, is a, a, a term that we understand from Scripture to speak of, A, in one context, it can speak of the, 
uh, of the triune nature of God. In others, it can speak of angels. It can speak of judges and leaders and that kind of a thing. But the word oftentimes is connected in a spiritual context. And in, uh, in uh, the UFO phenomenon, there's sort of this blurring of the lines between this idea of the spiritual and the material and, uh, and these beings having authority, having seated us on the earth, and they're sometimes referred to as Elohim and this kind of thing. Uh, again, it's, it's a big topic, but just for the sake of some understanding, I'm trying to bring some of these things sort of together as, as a possible explanation of what may happen when the rapture takes place. Um, so when we, uh, when we talk about, uh, like, for example, as you hear more and more about the UFO phenomenon, um, I would suggest that there's a reason why that resurgence is taking place. Uh, again, it's not a new theory. This uh, UFO aliens and Area 51 and all the Roswell stuff and all the various things that sort of really became the foundation upon which uh, so much of this is built. Um, that that's you know decades and decades and decades ago, right? The 40s and 50s, I think initially. Um, I mean, there are ancient uh, references to beings from other dimensions or from above and that kind of thing uh, as well. And so this is nothing new. Uh, but Satan has always known that there's going to come a time when his end will be and when he will no longer have the power to have influence in that. And so for him to have been ramping up for times like this all throughout human history shouldn't surprise us from a tactical standpoint. Um, it's it's kind of like as things get familiar, they get comfortable. As they get comfortable, they become normal. As they become normal, they become less and less shocking. And if you, again, just to kind of wrap this here, I didn't really plan to go very long on this, but just wanted to touch on it since it's becoming kind of a thing again. Uh, when you consider, um, uh, you know, the fact that the rapture will happen and the world will have to explain how tons of people have just disappeared, chaos ensues, uh, this will become a possible explanation. It may also create an explanation as to how it is that the world is so willing to clamor around the Antichrist when he comes. There will be pockets of resistance, no doubt, but I don't really necessarily get the sense that the world is against the Antichrist when he comes. Uh, I think he's going to be the man with the plan. You know, he's going to be the, the one with the explanations, the one who can bring peace in the Middle East, the one who can maybe even explain how it is that all these... Uh, people have left uh, all of a sudden. Matter of fact, without reaching too far, um, at least in America, there is this sort of sentiment that those who voted a particular way or hold a particular conservative perspective uh, are deplorable, undesirable, people need to be reprogrammed, all those kinds of ideas. Well, you know, a lot of conservatives are actual Christians. Conservatism and Christianity are not the same thing. Don't don't ever mistake that. They intersect at points and, and can have things in common, but the Christian faith and conservatism are not necessarily the same thing. However, many conservatives are Bible-believing Christians. Uh, and so if all of a sudden a whole bunch of people just disappear, uh, suddenly a pretty major obstacle and hurdle for global government and uh, unity around the world and that kind of thing is out of the way. And so it may very well be that getting comfortable with the idea of aliens and UFOs and, and there are friends trying to help us out and all this kind of thing, well, maybe they've helped us out by taking out all these undesirable, deplorable people that needed to be reprogrammed anyway. Just a thought. Again, I'm not claiming to have some special insight on that, but I'm just throwing it out there 
Uh, and, and again, it's been a theory for a long time. I mean, I'm not bringing some new idea to the table necessarily. Uh, and so, um, so anyway, uh, kind of a little sort of side trip for our, our typical approach to uh, doing this. But I think even this has an element of discipleship to it because when the world is sort of going in a particular direction, and we are seeking to go after the lost and help them to know Christ, there can be some benefit in having at least a baseline understanding of where some people are coming from and why they might think the things they do. Um, because these things shape their personalities, their worldviews, and all these kinds of things. And to, have, to be less ignorant of those things and more knowing of those things can open doors that might not otherwise be opened. And I think the Lord uses that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's interesting, it's fascinating, it's uh, interesting to pretty much everybody. And so it maybe behooved us to spend a little time on that today. So we'll be back in the Word again next time. Don't get me wrong, we're not going on this direction or something like that. But, uh, but you know, I just found myself kind of looking through some of the things that have been released. Uh, again, as I'm not a UFO guy or anything necessarily. I'm not uninterested. But it's not like a particular bent that I have. And I, I, I've, as I said at the beginning, you know my perspective is on UFOs. Um, but that being said, hopefully this was of some use. And uh, as always, if you have comments or questions, uh, maybe critiques, you may be saying, man, don't ever go here again. Let's stay in the Word. I don't disagree with you. But um, hopefully this had some purpose and usefulness for you. So uh, in terms of the overall explaining of maybe how some of the end times prophetic events that take place maybe find uh it may help give some explanation as to maybe how the world sees these things and how it may actually be a link in the chain toward what ultimately will result in a global government under the Antichrist, but ultimately um, uh, led by the dragon behind the Antichrist, Satan himself. So remember, he's deceitful. He proudly uh, goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour, you know? And so by devour, of course, he might uh, can certainly speak to the idea of of keeping people from seeing the truth, uh, but certainly it means affecting their worldviews in that, in, in, in concert. So again, without rambling too much longer, let me go ahead and pray us out. Uh, as always, again, you can leave your comments and stuff on the YouTube channel here. You can also uh, do this on my personal website uh, at parsonspad.com. You can watch the videos there. You can also comment there, and you can email me from there or from our church's website at calvarychapelfranklin.com. And uh, uh, if you are anywhere around the Franklin area or if you're passing through and are just wanting to pay a visit or you're looking for a home church, um, you know, pay us a visit. We'd love to have you join in as we go through the word together and, and grow in our faith. And, uh, and as we live in anticipation of the coming of Christ to come snatch us away as we were just talking about, looking very much forward to that. So, all right, let me pray. Father, we thank you for um, even the way some weird things in society and in various people's world worldviews uh, in understanding these things, it can help us get a sense of where the world is at and how it might deal with our departure when that comes, the snatching away when Jesus comes for his bride and we meet him in the air. Uh, Father, we just pray uh, for those who are wrapped up in this whole genre, in this whole world. Uh, Father, those who are looking to aliens as, uh, as salvation rather than pinning their hopes on the one who actually did come to save us from our sin, from our uh, from the penalty of our sin, from ourselves, really, and ultimately has come to give us life and life to the full. And so, Father, those of us who are believers, help us to understand a little bit about where the world's coming from, but mostly help us to keep our eyes firmly fixed on you, uh, our great hope, our living Savior. Father, we thank you so much for sending your Son into the world the first time to pay for our sins, and we look so forward to the day he comes again for us. And then finally, 
sets foot on the earth and establishes his kingdom. Lord, we love you, we praise you and bless you and ask you to bless our times together as we continue in Jesus' name. Amen.